Welcome to another edition of Cloud Unfiltered. I'm your host, Michael Chenitz. And today we have the people from Kube First. And I, I said it right because there, you know, there, there are other ones that are close to that, but Kube, Kube, Kube First is the right name. And uh, we're going to talk about it today. So why don't I have, I have several guests here. You can even say like a plethora of guests. <laughs> um, so I'm going to have them all introduce themselves and, and we'll start from there. So uh, let's go down the list. Let's do uh, Jared first. I'm, and it's the list on the left-hand side, not listing priority here. All right. No worries at all. Hey, everybody. I'm Jared Edwards, uh, one of the co-founders of Coop First. Uh, come joining uh, today from the Denver, Colorado area. All right. And uh, Frederick, you're next on the list. Yeah. So my name is Fred. I'm a developer advocate at Coop First. Super excited to be here. Thanks for having us. And last but definitely not least, John. Hey, Michael. Yeah, uh, John Dietz, uh, the other uh, co-founder of Coop First, and also really excited to talk tech with you today, Michael. Yeah, no, great. So, so you know, every time I find a new solution uh, that's out there, and, and and it's me finding it, right? Nobody else is finding it. It's just it's just me. You know, I'm the one that's. No, I'm just kidding. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, anytime I, I stumble, I should say stumble across a new solution. I always wonder, like, what is the origin story for this? What is, why did this even come about? So, so I'm going to throw this out to you. First, explain what it is, and then explain why it came about. Sure thing. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll take the first one. Um, the, uh, the origin story of Coop first, I uh, was born from, uh, pain. I, we, uh, my, my buddy Jared and I, long, long time ago, many years ago, many projects ago. Um, we were working at this uh, this real estate big data company called Remine, um, and the CTO had this vision of Kubernetes or bust for the entire company, the infrastructure, the builds, the machine learning, et cetera. Kubernetes no all CTO, the way. No CTO ever does that. I'd never. I. 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 That, that doesn't happen. <laughs> I know. I know. This guy was an early adopter, though. This was the the dark dark days of Kubernetes. Um, and uh, it, it was my first uh, Kubernetes project. It was Jared's first also. Um, and uh, we had one other cloud engineer, and it was uh, his first Kubernetes shop as well. So we're all learning Kubernetes the way everyone has to learn Kubernetes, which is painful. Um, we had to read blogs. Uh, the blogs are lying to us about what works and what doesn't. <laughs> uh, we, we, we don't have the deep Kubernetes context of the different versions of kubernetes and that every every three months things are just a little bit different and uh there's all these cloud native tools that uh we have to come up to speed on and back then uh it was a lot harder to get cloud native tools even running in kubernetes um you know helm wasn't as far along as it is today um shops just uh software vendors uh, hadn't yet invested enough in kubernetes um and so we built this platform for the company and I've been in DevOps forever um, and running everything on Kubernetes was just different. And uh, Jared and I were, uh, they, they, they sent us on a train to Datadog Dash. Um, it, was, it was kind of the first time Jared and I got to kick our feet up for a second and talk casually about technology and uh, and what we had built and the value that it's giving our users. But like the frustration is that it took forever. It took 
you know, nine months, I think, at that point to get to the platform to a point where it was all self-service and, you know, the the security team had what they needed and the developers had the feedback they needed and the SREs had the, the observability that they needed and everybody was happy, but it just took too long. So we were like, all right, well, let's let's see if we can fix that. Like, can we can we get a cloud native enterprise ready production ready ecosystem for infrastructure management, application delivery, secrets management, the whole nine, can we get it all in a single command so that everybody can have this, basically like this platform immediately instead of nine months down the road um, so that businesses can see the value of Kubernetes much more readily than they're able to otherwise. So um, we bought the domain as soon as the trips, as soon as the train stopped, we, we bought the domain uh, we started working nights and weekends, trying to see if we could pull it off. Um, and we have, it's a it's a lengthy origin story. I don't know how deep you want to go into it. But that well, so, so, so explain, you know, so, so you mentioned it a little bit, but explain, like, if, if, if I am a person that is getting into, I don't know, cloud native, I mean, what, what, what does this help with? Like, how does that, what, what's the experience like, or, or, or how does it fix that experience you just mentioned? So um, when when you're adopting cloud native, you have a lot of needs. Um, and until you really become a Kubernetes practitioner, it's hard to really understand um, that Kubernetes is the first class citizen. And all this stuff that you're doing on Lambdas and on virtual machines and all this, all this automation that you've built up over the years on your cloud um is sort of ready to shift out um and when you adopt cloud native it's so easy to lean on what you already have obviously um you know you need the first thing that you need if you're adopting kubernetes is a kubernetes cluster in a vpc somewhere right so um you probably have infrastructure as code somewhere maybe it's automated maybe it isn't um, but you have to have something that creates that Kubernetes cluster, or you're going to hop in your console and your cloud manually and click ops it. Um, but even at the at, at the end of that, click ops um, all the way. Uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, but you end up with a with an empty Kubernetes cluster, and the next thing that you're going to need is a, a place to manage your Git repositories, or to manage your secrets, or to manage. Uh, the applications that you're going to put into that Kubernetes cluster. And what what do you already have if you're a VM-oriented company is, you know, some some build kite jobs, maybe you have some, some Jenkins servers, maybe you have whatever it is that you have from, you know, that, that was super modern just, you know, two short years ago or whatever. <laughs> um, and, um, but what Kubefirst does um, is we basically realized that um, all of the enterprise, sm small to medium businesses to enterprises are all centralizing on uh, a lot of technology that is the same from company to company to company. Like um, most Kubernetes engineers believe that GitOps is a discipline that you should implement. Uh, it's hard to do. It takes time to implement, but um, it's a critical aspect of building a professionally put together cloud native shop um, just from an asset management, let alone uh, disaster recovery posture and all the great benefits that GitOps brings to the table. Um, 
And so building, uh, so Argo CD, very, very popular. HashiCorp Vault, very, very popular. Terraform it, for infrastructure as code, it's, it's, it's the most popular. So there's all these most popular, best of breed tech that most large businesses adopt. So why can't we just take all of that tech and have it be the new starting point for Kubernetes. So that's what- That's crazy talk. Yeah, that's crazy I, I talk. I know, I know. Madness, <laughs> madness. And take that nine-month journey that that Jared and I cried tears through and turn it into, you know, just like a, a single command that you can start at that nine-month point. And that's not to say that it solves every problem for every organization. Of course, it does not. Um, but it does serve to provide immediate value of Kubernetes running in your um, in your organization with automated infrastructure as code, with GitOps that includes all of these like best of breed tools, all pre-integrated working together. Um, it comes with secrets management and HashiCorp Vault that has like um, an IAC, uh, excuse me, an IDP, like an identity provider built mm -hmm. into it. Um, and then we establish an OIDC provider that we extend through all of the tools on the Kubeverse platform. So Argo CD, you have developers and admins. Argo Workflows, you have developers and admins. And they have like sensible starting point uh, roles for what most organizations would think was a reasonable set of access for a developer to have or an admin to have. But the great news is is that like, yes, it's an opinionated platform and they are our opinions and our opinions might differ from any other cloud engineer. Um, and to solve that part of this, the, the problem, we have an upstream GitOps template repository that when you do an installation, we pull that down, hydrate it with the opinions that you have about where you want the cluster placed um, and, and details like that, uh, what Git provider you wanna use, et cetera. And then we give you the GitOps repository that's powering all of your infrastructure's code and that's powering all of your application delivery through Argo CD. Um, and it's all perfectly in sync with automation. So we even deliver like a sample application so that um, you can literally see how builds happen, how, container, how containers get uh, built and published, Helm charts get published, uh, delivered, how GitOps desired state gets set for a development, a staging, a production environment. We have those promotions established. We have like really just like everything to be at a new starting point for Kubernetes. So um, at this point, we're just basically uh, trying to get adoption, trying to get people to understand that like you don't have to start with an empty Kubernetes cluster anymore. You can start with this full ecosystem. It, it runs locally. It runs in different clouds. It runs with different Git providers. So um, that's that's basically the 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 approach that we've taken to it. In, in short, it's infrastructure management and application delivery, but it's done in a way that's entirely powered by you and your new GitOps repository that we give you. Yeah, no, and I think that's awesome. And, and you know, it may be an unpopular opinion, or maybe not. I, I, I really don't know, actually. But but I actually, you know, I think there's a lot to having a curated experience because, because you know, and, and I talk about this all the time and people on my show are going to be, you know, listen to the show are going to be like, why do you talk about this so much? Because it hasn't been really fixed yet. It's starting to be. But the problem is, is you think about, you know, the, the, the people that are just coming into um, 
you know, are just coming into the ecosystem. And they're like, and just like you, their CTO is saying, hey, we need to get this application to be, uh, you know, either cloud first or, you know, or cloud native or whatever you, whatever they want to call it at the time. Um, and and so they go and they're like, yeah, well, we heard of this thing called Kubernetes. We're going to check it out. We think it sounds pretty interesting. We go, we go on the site. Maybe we find the CNCF site. We find the landscape, which has like 5,000 different projects on it. And then we try and figure out like, all right, well, what do we glue together to even make this work? Like, what is what are the cool kids doing? And that's what they think about. They think about like, what is it that other people are doing? And, you know, and that's not really, honestly, I, I don't, I don't, you know, kind of subscribe to that approach. To me, it's, it's what does your application need? Does it even need to be cloud native? Does it need to be? What do you, do you need scalability? Do you need reliability? Do you need to, you know, do you need a development process where you can break things up and have different people work on those different pieces of code in, in their own separate ecosystem and then kind of bring them together at the end? So it really depends on what, what your development lifecycle needs are, what your production needs are, you know, and, and really you should back into the technology. That's the way I believe to do it. And only, and it's, it's a very logical approach, I know, but it's, it's really what, you know, your developers are designed to develop an application and get it out there as fast as possible. They're designed for speed. I, I, I'd say developers are designed for speed. And, you know, it's up to, um, once that application, obviously you have to consider whether it's a microservices-based application because then you're communicating over APIs and things like that. So you have to make that decision. But after you make that decision, it then should be up to you and your DevOps team or whoever's part of that to say, okay, well, here's the best way to run it. You know, and this these conversations can be going on in tangent. But but the problem is, is that too many people, A, are, 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 are kind of designing for a stack. And when they go into it, they're, they're looking at the stack first. They're looking at, well, how do I figure this out? And, and really, that is such a difficult thing. As I said, there's, there's thousands of different, you know, packages out there and solutions that you can use. And really, what, what I would look for as somebody new is, how do I get started? How do I even, you know, if this is the right decision, first decide if, it, if if your application even needs this. Second, once you have that decided, what's an easy way to get this? What are common best practices or what are common methodologies? You can always tweak it later, but have something help you do that. <laughs> and I, 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 I so agree with that because like a discussion I often have and, and, and even prior for me joining Cube First, I work for a company where the tools were a way to help developers focus on what they do best, just creating apps. So in that case, yes, we're talking about DevOps teams or people managing the infrastructure, but there are so many companies where developer does everything. They do everything. So having a way to move to Kubernetes without having to care too much about Kubernetes or learn everything. Obviously, you need to have like some basics, some foundation, because you need to know like, hey, am I taking the right decision? Am I moving in the right decision, uh, in the right direction? But not spending all the time that John and Jared did previously to Cube First to like just being able to deploy your application in the cloud and using cloud native technology, like it's it's fantastic. I mean, I mean, like I'm the first who I, I love Kubernetes and I love playing and learning things, but I'm a developer first. So my focus is building application. It's not to manage everything and anything that I need to run my application. So this is, you know, this is part of the reason why I joined our Cube first. And, and when they were looking for a developer advocate, I was like, I like that tool because that gives the opportunity to people to focus on what they do best. And people that want to learn more about the space, that want to learn 
that want to learn more about the technology, they can try it now instead of having to learn everything first to just maybe to just try it or maybe trying to try it <laughs> and and maybe have like something that function and maybe the answer is going to be like, oh, shit, I didn't need that. Uh, but now they can do that in like five minutes to 20 or 25 minutes, depending on the stack they're publishing it. And it's working. And yes, it's opinionated. Like it may not be the tools you want or you need, but at least you can try, you can play with it, you can easily install it or tool. So it's it's I know I'm preaching for my my own <laughs> my own project, but this is the kind of tools I like because that give the power to not just developer. I always talk about developer because I'm a developer, I'm a developer advocate, but that give the power to developers and anybody else who wants to try cloud native to do it easily and quickly and again without having like all the knowledge you need yeah, yeah. I, I guess that's also like a another aspect of what we hope to bring to the cloud native community is that like you know there's there's so many small to medium businesses that are just tight on funding um and they they want to be on the best technologies they they see a world where they are going to scale and scale to the enterprise um, and, and and they should be able to build their foundation on the best tools for being able to scale to the enterprise. Um, but, but that puts a lot of demand uh, on the cloud engineer, the cloud native engineer, the platform team, whatever it may be, um, that needs to manage not just the Kubernetes cluster and the infrastructure, but also all of the platform tools that are uh, wired together in that uh, in, in that you know management space, um, it's a, it's a heavy burden. Um, you know if you have if you have thirty cloud native applications that are all running in a Kubernetes cluster from different software vendors, you can pretty much set your watch that every single day that you wake up, one of them is releasing a new version of one of their applications. Um, <laughs> so like we we can either decide that we're all individually going to tackle this untenable monster of updating all these micro products, or we can centralize it a little bit and share that responsibility. Um, and shops that have just a, a couple cloud engineers, like, like our origin story, like to have a community of users that are all using these same open source tools, the same approximate ways and can talk to each other and ask intelligent questions about, you know, nuances of how Ingress Nginx works or nuances of how uh, how to how to protect your secrets in depth and how to encrypt it and whatever it might be. Um, we have we are building that community of engineers that are centralizing on all these popular tools. So um, we hope that that's going to be a, a large part of our story is just, you know, that you're not alone tackling this horrible <laughs> cloud native landscape. Yeah. I just got this uh, vision in my head of like, like almost like AA meetings, like across the, yeah, like you're not alone, man. Like, come on in. We'll, I know. We'll, we'll help. Pour yourself a cup <laughs> of coffee. Yeah. You know, have some donuts. Come sit down and we'll, we'll help you out. We're here for you. It's so true. It's yeah. so true. No, that's really, that's, that's really cool. And a question that's kind of popped into my mind is, is really, how do you manage that? you like, how do you manage all these different dependencies that are constantly changing without having to like have a huge heavy lift every time something 
is, you know, morphine. Yes. So we're, we're <laughs> largely taking the burden of that lift off our users' shoulders. So every time a Coop First version comes out, um, we're taking the tools that are on the platform, bringing them into the maybe not bleeding edge, but um, very current versions of all of the I, uh, you know, um, from Kubernetes to Terraform providers to um, to the cloud native application Helm charts themselves. And we bring them up to date um, so that when you upgrade your management ecosystem, um, you are adopting all of the latest uh, sets of tools that we have re-stitched back together in our upstream and you just get to take the benefit of that in your downstream GitOps repository. Now, that's not to say that you have to do a full management upgrade just to update uh, an application. So, um, you know, if uh, if if you're ready for that brand new version of Cert Manager, for example, um, and we don't have a new version that supports it yet, you still have your GitOps repository. So you can still just update your own Helm chart, pull request the change to the latest version of Cert Manager. And if you want to take that burden on yourself, by all means. But um, every time you do a management installation, it's going to come with the the suite of all the latest versions of all of the the tools that we're supporting. Which is cool, too. Yeah, good. No, I was, I was just, sorry. I was just going to say, like, which is cool too, because like I, I've seen technology that we're trying to do uh, what Kubefers does, but th there's always some part of like vendor locked in, even if like everybody say like, oh no, there is no vendor locked in, which is like, yeah, okay, been there from that, but uh, you end up with the, that GitOps repo, which is basically yours. So yes, you use Kubefers to like create your new cluster and have all the tools working together, but at the end. This is yours. So, like, we help you to get started, and after that, do your magic. Like, do whatever you want to with the GitOps folder. So, this is this is one of the other things that I, I found pretty exciting because we we do the heavy lifting for you. We take out the complexity so you get started, but after that, it's yours. So, hey, do what you want with the GitOps uh, repository. After it's yours. That's awesome. No, I mean, I, I and and that's one of the things. I mean, even uh, you know, I said to you guys offline, my friend Dinesh from from Sivo was was talking about you guys uh you know at at uh kubecon and and you know that's that's a really good thing i mean because that shows that there there's a there's a need for this which we have already know because everything's way too complex these days and and two that you know other you know that uh other people are starting to really recognize that you know the value of that and and i think uh, really today all the things I'm looking at in the in the industry is what what are, what's out there that can make things easier for people in this cloud native world, and there's such a need for that, and 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 I love that that this is even a thing. <laughs> I, I love that. Like, I, it makes me it makes me always. Um, I, I wouldn't say laugh is the right word, but when people tell me like, "Oh yeah, Kubernetes is easy." Like, yeah, no, it's because you spend the time to learn about like all the new terms and like all the technology behind it. And, and okay, maybe you find Kubernetes easy, but like everything else that you need to make your cluster production ready, it's still like have complexity to the process. So any tools that helps you to be successful and make it easier. It's just that it's a win for me too. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. The, um, you, you mentioned Dinesh, um, he comes from the, the SIVO cloud, the SIVO cloud was an yeah. eye opening, uh, adventure for us. Um, you know, Jared and I, uh, are kind of, 
old school big three cloud engineers, right? Um, so so we we know the ins and outs of um, you know these uh, sort of the pioneers of the cloud space. Talking AWS, Google, Azure, you know, um, more complex clouds that uh, were built at a time before Kubernetes took over the world. Um, at least took over the cloud spaces. Um, and to see a, a different look, we, we, we started exploring what it would take to get Kubernetes running on SIBO, and we're struck immediately with SIBO's cluster provisioning times and how suddenly, uh, you know, it doesn't have to take 10, 20, 25 minutes once you add DNS propagation and everything to uh, to your cluster provisioning process. Like that's in 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 larger clouds, um, it can take a, a good amount of time to uh, create Kubernetes infrastructure, uh, establish all of your applications in that infrastructure, test whatever it is that you want to test and tear it down. Platform engineering is this new discipline that requires you to be able to practice that operation over and over and over and over again. And so provisioning clusters and unfurling your GitOps into that ecosystem and then tearing it down and recreating it is a part of iterating on your platform. And when you have a cluster that's two minutes versus (laughs) 25 minutes to get to the point of testing the thing that you want to test... That means that you just got 12 times more iterations in a given day than you did otherwise. So that, that's that been really eye-opening to us. We thought that local was going to be the only way that you get those fast iteration cycles. But um, to see what's happening in the new cloud-native clouds is just crazy. Um, not, not to mention that, you know, I, I've actually taken a look at the APIs in SIVO, and it's so much easier <laughs> to do something in SIVO. Then to figure out, okay, uh, you know, and some of the other cloud providers, what are the IAM roles you need? What are the, you know, all, all these different complexities that you need to figure out, okay, what's your master nodes going to be? What are, what are you know, right. all, all these other kinds of things that it's just, it's, it's, it feels like, it's like refreshing when you go over to, to Sivo, to, to Sivo, you know, so it is, yeah. they're doing a good job over there. And honestly, their event, their Sivo Navigate is actually a pretty cool event. They've, they've actually done a really good job at that. I know you guys spoke at the last one, I think. We right? did. Yeah. Yeah. We gave a couple talks at the Sivo uh, Navigate in Tampa. It was a really, really great experience. Um, that the, the Sivo team just overall, like if you start engaging with them, you'll, you'll pick up on it right away. It's a very, it's a very human experience for a public cloud Absolutely. provider, um, and uh, <laughs> and we, we've really enjoyed you know working with our engineers when when there's something that needs uh, an answer or we have a question about you know a, a, a workaround for a problem or whatever. Their their engineers just jump right in and help out. They're, it's it, it's been a really good experience, even as as a consumer of of their public cloud. It's been a, a and, really, and you guys are in the, in their marketplace, right? You're, you're in their marketplace now or soon to be soon to be. Soon we're, to be. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We have a, uh, a 2.1 release that we're working on right now. In fact, it's probably like one week away. Um, That's awesome. and the, the new 2.1 is going to introduce a user interface to our platform. Um, so, uh, cluster provisioning historically for us has always been, uh, a command line operation because you need that, 
starting point somewhere and we figure well everybody has a laptop um but uh yeah we're um we're, we're establishing for marketplace um a new experience for provisioning that's a little bit less technical a little bit more uh user oriented um and that's the addition that we want to be part of the SIBO marketplace experience so 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 this is what i often think about though you know so and and, and i don't know if there's any right answer to this but People consume things in different ways. And when I think about, you know, product marketing, which, which I'm involved with at, at, at Cisco, you know, I think about how do people consume things? And really, you know, I think you need an answer for 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 many different ways. But but if I'm in DevOps, I'm probably going to con- consume things through either a CRD, a command line, something like that. Um, but if I'm maybe in IT ops, but dabbling in, in DevOps, I might want a GUI for, for that same function. And it really yeah. depends on, you know, what what your daily job is and what you're accustomed to consuming. So you really need an answer for both. Um, what what do you how do you guys feel about you know that and, and who do you think this is gonna kind of interest? Why don't you jump in, Jared? Yeah. I've been yeah. answering all yeah. of them. I, I feel like yeah. I'm sucking up all the airspace. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, so you know, really, we're we're not one hundred percent sure is the yeah. my honest answer. We're we're doing our best to. I don't feel think anyone around. is, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> oh, <go ahead. laughs> yeah. If anybody has a crystal ball, we'll definitely take some insight. Um, but uh, no, the um, we're hoping that the user interface gives people just an easier bridge um, to get their first experience with what Kube First or working in a Kubernetes ecosystem can provide. Like, um, it, it, we've we've got some really nice functionality that. Um, we hope we'll, we probably won't be out till 2.2, but we're, we're kind of in early stages on like, uh, we're introducing like a marketplace, right? And um, a lot of companies are doing marketplaces in different ways. But um, one thing that we've noticed is generally they are um, like Helm installed or kubectl apply like some content to you. So we're trying to find a more GitOps native way of adding additional things to our platform. And if for nothing more, really just to give whoever the end user is a very clear visual way of seeing how to extend what our platform is like um you know ci is a good example that we always talk about like people are generally really opinionated about their ci tools like they love their jenkins they they love ci circle they love the gitlab runners whatever it is um you know we we chose to use argo workflows for ours which is kubernetes native and makes sense for us but the biggest reason was because we get to share that workflow engine across both our github and gitlab providers so like um for us it was an easy decision now um will um company x that wants to adopt uh, Kube first like Argo workflows? Uh, no, but there's a good chance that they're using GitHub or GitLab and they know how to not use Argo workflows and just keep using the self-hosted GitHub or GitLab runners that we already give them. So, you know, there, there's some things that like that that we're, we're hoping um, give people that next step of what to do after they get to the end of the cluster beyond like, okay, I have to move my apps. Well, maybe they need to explore adding Linkerd or maybe they need to explore adding this because their compliance reasons or I- anything of that capacity. So um, I don't know how well that answered the question, but uh, I think that's that's <laughs> kind of where we're going. Just we're... like a product manager would. <laughs> yeah. so, so, you know, yeah. that's, that was perfect. All right. Um, yeah. Now, so, so I'm going to change the subject a little bit here. So so one of the one of the things that um, has really been new to the pipeline, well, newer, because, as I said, developers are designed for speed, but we also have this need for security now. So, so we have things like SBOMs and supply chain security and all these other things. How do people, how do you see people starting to inject that? Or do you already have a, an answer for some of these things? Um, 
or is it part of the marketplace or, you know, but, but how do you, how do you see that as being part of the, the pipeline? Because that's really, honestly, if you're going to automate it, that's where it really needs to be. Yeah. Um, I'll, uh, I'll start the conversation, but I'm sure John will have a, a note or two to add on top. Um, so, uh, really, you know, th those are really good examples that, um, I would like to say we, we would hope we can start to get community buy-in or direction from like, um, we know that not every company needs S-bombs. Um, the last organization that we worked with, that was a medium-sized enterprise, you know, they did need S-bombs and they did have uh, more compliance requirements around that. So they had a security team that was focused on implementing those. But what would be great for us selfishly is like if somebody was like, hey, I need to add this. How do I do that? Right. And then we can say, well, uh, we've seen it added to the platform this way, this way and this way. What, how, which way suits your needs specifically? And then um, if they're willing to, they can obviously contribute that in a way that becomes consumable for every other person that's using Coop first, um, because they'll be able to add that maybe to like our marketplace, or they can just have, you know, an example, whatever the, whatever the thing is. But um, I think that really trying to get community support on the extensibility piece, like, you know, we only chose the core tools because we, we had to make decisions on how to get people to a starting point. And like, that's another thing, I guess, um, to circle back to our marketplace, right? Um, sometimes marketplace applications like have sensitive values that like, uh, I need my app to start, so it needs an API key. Well, now how do we, how do we in ingest that API key to some unknown place? Well, because we have Coop first designed the way we do, right? Uh, we know that there's a HashiCorp vault. We can take your API keys, put them in vault and automatically have those charts ingest those secrets in a way that doesn't compromise any security or your your secrets or whatever the case is. So um, John, how uh, what do you want to add on to that? Because I saw you almost start talking. No, yeah, no, no, I, I think you nailed the answer. You, you know, there, there, there is a line uh, where we need to stop um, at at Coop first, like there there's there's a very nebulous line where we don't want to go too far. Um, we, yeah. we 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 want to establish a great starting point, but we always want to call it just a better starting point. It's you know it's nine months down the road. Um, depending on your organization's needs, uh, you might have another half a year to go. Um, you know, uh, but um, at least. You get to start on a foundation where everything is well put together, well architected. Um, you know your your data at rest is encrypted. You're um, leveraging the the best of breed tools that are all wired together. You have single sign on. If you want to, you know, enforce two factor authentication, it's it's a single line of Terraform code. You know, so like that's that's just a better place is particularly for startups it, it, it applies to enterprises it, it it applies to larger organizations that have been in the game for 10 years and have a, a swath of automation and tools and tech and and opinions but for startups especially teams. yeah large yeah exactly many teams <laughs> even right so yeah. um so we, we 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 try to find a, a starting point that makes sense so that people can start kubernetes fast um, but we don't want to be so opinionated that we add friction to their sure. experience. Um, and and S-bombs and things of that ilk um, are not right for everyone. They're not right for uh, maybe the person that's on their first day of Kubernetes. Maybe. You don't think so? Maybe, yeah. they, <laughs> maybe they need a week, right? Um, yeah. So. Um, yeah, but it will work. 
<laughs> I was going to say we work toward also like helping for the second phase. You know, like like the marketplace is a good example. Like we're oh, okay, we we won't install like a lot of other things for you, but we're gonna help you to make it as easy as possible to like move to the next phase and like have whatever you need for you on your side, like the decision you're gonna take to be successful. Yeah, by the way, and you guys can take this. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna charge you for it. I think you should call the marketplace coop second. You know, so you have everything coop first that gets installed, and then the marketplace is what you want to install afterwards, so it could be called coop second. Michael. You know, we needed something to do with that brand, and uh we I think that could be it. I'd be That's lying good. to you if I told you that we didn't already own the domain. So <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think that's 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 just logical, you know. That's that's just yeah, how, how I know. you do it. That's you know? right. That's right. <laughs> I dig it. I like uh, so, yeah, so that's really cool. And and so, what's what's next for you guys? What is what's what what are you guys what are you guys working on? Like, I've seen what you guys have done. You're, you're you're and just for everybody out there, you're currently on K3S, I think, right? K3S, Sivo, and AWS. Yep. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, we. Sorry, take that ahead. one, Jared. Yeah. <laughs> no. no uh, yeah. Yeah. We uh, run in uh, K3D locally. Um, oh, K3D. But, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Sivo and AWS. We have uh, DigitalOcean and Vulture both in a beta. Um, we're really trying to focus on getting the UI out before we continue to expand our clouds. And then uh, GCP, hopefully, on uh, a semi near horizon. So we'll have a, a good majority of uh, the the main cloud providers we get requests for. We've got a couple of other ad hoc ones that we don't have immediate plans to support, but um, we would love community contributions. You know, after um, our 2.0 release, we had some really big architectural shifts to how we were trying to extend because we has, prior to 2.0, we were only in AWS. So we didn't have that problem of knowing how to integrate and plug into other places. Uh, we think we've got a really good strategy moving forward. We're super happy with it. Um, you know, like a, what, we were able to, uh, one of our engineers was able to add DigitalOcean support in six hours to our existing stuff. Now, obviously, there's a little bit of domain expertise there um, on knowing how to integrate all the pieces. But um, for someone, if they were interested in like using Coop first a couple times and then asked a couple questions in the community, you know, we could easily steer them towards adding whatever their cloud provider is that we don't support and have community support on that. So, and, um, and you know, even if people are not ready to like to do a PR and like like go directly into code, just telling us like what they would expect is a huge plus because that helps us to prioritize and like really understand and know what the community wants when it comes to like cloud support or even any other features though. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's a, a good point. We actually the, the one that's coming up the probably more frequently than any of us were ready for is home labs. People want to be able to run Coop first on their home labs, and so um, we've got a couple of members who have been going back and forth, and we've been helping along the way a, a little bit, honestly. But um, they've nearly got Coop first ready to like recreate in home lab environments. Some people are using Proxmox, some people are trying to do something a little bit bigger with like Harvester, and so we're we're trying to get to that integration point where people can run it at home apparently but uh you know the, the community has largely taken that initiative which is really nice for us yeah i mean and again that goes back to like where do you stop you know because you could use something like like tinkerbell or something like that yeah. to kind of like provision it from, from the hardware side and then start putting all the layers on it's like well how far do you want to expand out and then it's it's that management you know burden of like you have to manage all those yeah, things too yeah, yeah, yeah so so it's, it's i i really feel like you guys do have a good 
understanding of where those boundaries need to be, you know, because I feel like it's the right area. You know, you don't want to go too far out where you're in infrastructure, like the actual infrastructure provisioning. You don't want to go too far out where you're making decisions on things where people are very opinionated, like, you know, security and things like that. Um, You know, so, so I, I do feel like it's a, it's a pretty good, you know, kind of boundary you've set there. Yeah. Thank you. you. Yeah. We, we, you know, when we started the project, uh, our, our direction, in fact, we, we started the project, Michael, we didn't even have clarity on exactly what the project was to the point that our first repository's name was nebulous. Like we just, (laughs) we didn't know, we knew that we were building something that was going to do all that stuff very fast, but we didn't know how. And we just started iterating and iterating and working through theory and whatever until, um, until we had a, a proof of concept ready, a, you know, a year, year and a half later. Um, and, um, you know, to, it, but, but we always wanted to build what we would want to use as cloud engineers. Like we don't, we have, you shouldn't have any reason as a uh, cloud engineer to trust uh, some some startup infrastructure as code application delivery system. Why would you? Um, but the reason that you can with Kube First is because you're not de- you're not leaning on Kube First. We're expediting your ability to leverage all of these open source tools and we expedite the process of configuring them to work with each other and we do not wrap them. So the fact that you end up with a GitOps repository that has HCL code it, as the Terraform that built the cloud that you're in, that, that, that there's a GitOps repository registry of cloud native applications with all the Helm chart configurations and customized overlays for every single application that's on the platform, like that means that if you decide that you're ready to walk away from Coop first for whatever reason, we only did what you had to do anyway. And you just have Terraform and you have GitOps and you have app configs and they all work together and you can take it any direction you want. Um, we, we've seen people start Coop first in AWS, w- which we do support, and then extend Coop first into GCP which we don't yet support, but they're able to just take it and continue on their journey because they're entirely in control of the self-hosted um, configurations and the automation that's powering the platform. So um, we, we think it's a powerful message. We, we, built, we built what we would have wanted to, to consume. Um, and yeah, th- so far the, the community seems to be in alignment. So Michael, we lost yeah, your mic. Michael. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. That's what happens when you hit mute and then you forget to unmute. Yeah. Um, but, but anyhow, yeah, I mean, so it's, it's, it's been awesome talking about this. What, it, what is, if you had to, you know, had people take away one thing about this, you know, what, what are the takeaways with this? Because we're getting towards the end and I just want to make sure people really, really get the message here. Yeah. I think the, I, I think the overarching message is that there is a, uh, new fast way to put together a production ready enterprise shop uh and it takes a handful of minutes instead of you know a year um and uh if 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 your if your audience took anything away i would hope it was that um but beyond that 
um, we're very, very actively, passionately listening to our user community and trying to find the open source tools that our community wants to center around. And the community is at the heart of our project. We want we want to build an open source community of engineers that are using great tools in similar ways so that we can all share the complexity of the cloud native landscape together. Um, so I, uh, you know, certainly hope that folks are, you know, I, I, I know that people that are listening right now are sitting on a production cluster that has been in production for over six months and that should make all of our hearts sink a little bit. Like cluster management shouldn't be the hard part. Um, we have a technology that's able to uh, solve that part of the riddle that bridges the gap between infrastructure provisioning and application delivery and Kubernetes. And we piece it all together in a in a, in a, a really palatable way. We think so. Um, you know, we're we're uh, very much um, looking for installs, looking for feedback, looking for. Um, you know, users uh, looking for pain points of, you know, if, 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 if a user's using Kube first and they're just like, you know, hey, this is great, except I, I want it to run in my pre-existing cluster or whatever the detail might be. We, we need to hear it. We need to know it. Um, and, and we hope that we can just start having a lot of conversations with a lot of folks because we all seem yeah. to have this problem. So. Even if the sentence doesn't start with "this is great," but even if it starts with like "that's not great," because <laughs> I want I want to know about the because and and right. and what's great is that it's true. Like, give us constructive feedback because this is the only way we can like like get the software that like makes sense for people and that is functional for people and that give you a great experience. Yeah, I mean, I, I've talked to a lot of. Uh, product managers and 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 the better ones always say that the it's the uh you know it's it's the stuff that you didn't like is almost more important than the stuff that you liked because yeah. because that's the stuff that that really is the reason why people aren't going to it you know um so so yeah i agree jared any any last thoughts no i think uh, <laughs> that, that was well said <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no. So, thank you so much for coming on. Where can people find you from? Find you guys if they if they want to take a look at at Cube First. Um, where, everywhere. Where are the best places? Everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. But no, there, there's a website, uh, CubeFirst.io. We're on GitHub, so GitHub.com slash CubeFirst slash CubeFirst because the company's uh, the org is the same name as the uh, repo. Uh, Slack. Slack is like one of the best places for us to be. Uh, as John said before, we have a community, but it's not just a community around CubeFirst. It's a cloud-native community that we're building. So we have channels for specific technology. And even if you don't use CubeFirst, come just talk with us, ask you a question. We have an expertise. So for people that want to join, uh, they can go on cubefirst.io slash Slack and they're going to get an invitation. Uh, it's a nice space. And we reach a point where the community is starting to be what I would call a real community. Like people jump in that are not employee. They answer questions for their people. They help other people, which for me, it's it's awesome, especially with my line of work. Uh, we're also on Twitter. We're on YouTube. We have a live stream every two weeks. As I said, we are everywhere. <laughs> so just look for Cube first. Uh, look for Jared, John, myself on LinkedIn. Uh, we're just we're just friendly people. Actually, uh, Jared and I, uh, we're friendly people. <laughs> and uh, we love connect with people. We love your feedback. We love to talk about native. Uh, come talk to us. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I'm so excited to see where this is going and where it's already been. You know, I'm a fan, uh, and you, you have my support a thousand percent. 
So oh, thanks. thanks again for coming on, and uh, we'll probably have you back sometime. Thank you so much, Michael. It's been a pleasure to be here. All right. Yeah, thanks for having us.